Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 at News Talk WSB, 36 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Welcome, friends. I'm glad you're here. If you have a question about your lawn, your garden, your houseplants, your flowers outside, anything that has to do with the natural world, we have answers based on research, based on experience. And we can give you questions a thorough answer today, 404-872-0750. Or you can use Twitter, tweet to me with a hashtag, AskWalter. 404-872-0750. A reminder that my trip, my garden trip to England is now two-thirds full. Last weekend I said it's half full. Now it's two-thirds full. We have 20 people. We're going to go to 30, and so that's two-thirds right there. This is a trip to London, to private gardens and public gardens in London, and then another week and a half, or not week and a half, but another half week out in the Cotswolds, one of the greenest places in England, one of those beautiful rolling hills you're ever going to see, castles, we're going to see gardens, we've got things for people who don't like gardening, if your spouse says, I don't want to go see any more flowers, but it's something for everybody, we've got history, we've got all sorts of things to do outside of the garden tours. And it'll be a lot of fun. Again, if you want to make your plans now, it'll be in June, June 2nd, I think, of next year. And if you want details, you can go to my website, WalterReeves.com. It's right there on the front page with details about our trip to England in June of next year. 404-872-0750 gets you in this morning to have your question answered. Jeff is in Roswell and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jeff. How can I help? I bought a night blooming cereus, yeah. I think is how you say it, yeah. uh, as a gift for my girlfriend for Christmas. Um, I don't really have any experience as a gardener, and I ordered it online, and it actually came a little early. It came yeah. yesterday, so I've got <laughs> to get this thing potted and uh, ready to go for Christmas. And I'm just wondering. Um, I did buy. I bought the pot. I have. Um, I think it's called black gold. Yeah, uh, the yeah. mix. But I was looking online, it says sometimes you can put sand with it, uh, this and that. So just wondering if you had any tips on that. I'm, I'm really intrigued. You may be the first person ever, Jeff, to call and say, I bought a night-blooming Sirius for my girlfriend. Really? I mean, that's a really unique <laughs> gift. Why, why did you do this? Why, do you, why did you think of this? Um, I'm, a, I'm a firefighter, and I work um, 24 hours. Yeah. So I just thought it would be kind of cool that whenever I'm gone, it, since it kind of blooms at night, it may be yeah. kind of a reminder of me or, or, or whatever. Just, I just thought it was a really unique. Yeah, you are, you are such a romantic, Jeff. You've just raised the bar <laughs> for all these other you know, guys out there giving you know, little oh, African violets and things like that. You've really done a good job. Um, right. How did the plant come to you? If you bought it online, was it bare root? Was it potted in anything? What's it look like? Uh, it appears as though it... It had been rooted in something. Um, it's got it's not just a, a stem or anything. It's got it within dirt, but it's just in a bag, a yeah. plastic bag. Okay. Um, alone. Okay, easy. Um, so you've already got a pot, and what kind of potting soil did you say you got? It's I think it's called black gold. Um, the succulent mix. Okay, you're, you're perfect. You don't need to put any sand in there. If it says succulent mix, that's exactly what you need. 
Okay. And so, bottom line, you've put about two or three inches of that mix in the bottom of your pot. You use one hand to hold the plant in place, and the other hand to scoop some more soil mix around the uh, bottom of the plant. You don't want to bury it. You're not trying to bury the bottom half of this uh, this uh, plant down way down in deep in the ground, but cover the roots certainly and give it another maybe half inch or so of soil over that. Okay. And then firm it down a little bit with your fingers, water it, and uh, it should stand up all perfectly by itself. How, how tall is it right now, then, Jeff? I'd say it's almost a foot right okay. now. Okay. All right. Well, you know, firm it up good. It should stand by itself. If it doesn't, you can always stick a little piece of bamboo beside it to. Uh, tie over to it to make it so it doesn't flop. Now, the easy enough to keep it, just put it in a sunny window and hide it from the girlfriend and you know, make sure <laughs> she doesn't see it. And uh, then on Christmas morning, you give it to her, unwrap it, put it back in the window, say, here, honey, here's the, <laughs> yeah. and wait till it blooms and you'll be surprised. It will okay. take, it may not bloom this next year. It takes a little while anyway, Jeff, for it to get enough energy but it might, and I'll tell you how to get it to bloom. This is going to be okay. you know, what you want eventually to happen, and that is to take it outside. You take it outside to a place that doesn't get full sun, but is a um, bright shade is the best way to describe it. I've told another caller this morning, under a dogwood tree or under a flowering cherry tree sometimes, under a pine tree, uh, is some okay. way to get bright shade that's not direct sun for more than a few minutes during the day. And keep that Christmas cactus out there. It will grow if you fertilize it once or twice with just miracle grows fine. And fertilize it, and lo and behold, 12 inches, 18 inches, 24 inches, all of a sudden it's flopping over everything. It <laughs> doesn't stand up straight very well. So, again, you may need to get a few pieces Thank of you. bamboo to hold it up, make a little cage for it or something. But okay. then, when it's ready to bloom, you'll see this little green stem coming out of the end of one of the leaf segments and a big bud. It'll be a big greeny pink pink tipped bud on there and you can tell the girlfriend oh man oh man it's going <laughs> to bloom soon and just keep an eye on it and when the tip starts swelling just a little bit and the pink is looks like it's just ready to bust out of that bud that's the night that's the night okay. it's going to bloom okay uh, who knows if she'll stay up to watch it bloom but at least it'll be there when she wakes <laughs> up in the morning we don't know we'll see okay all righty then it should be lots of fun, Jeff. Give me a call in about a month or two, and let me hear how it goes with it, all right? All right, I'll do so. I'd love to hear it. Thanks for calling, Jeff. Thanks, sir. Merry Christmas to you. 404-872-0750 is the number. Dan's out in Sandy Springs, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dan. Hi. I've got a tree. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I've got a tree, a maple tree, in my backyard. It's a, it was planted about four years ago. Maybe it's seven, eight inches uh, trunk in diameter. Yeah. Yesterday, I noticed that a deer has been, I assume, yeah. uh, rubbing its antlers on the on the trunk and has severely damaged at least, I'm going to say, 180 degrees of that Ooh. circumference of yeah. the trunk. Yeah. All right. At what point do you say this tree is toast and... and uh, start expecting to plant another tree next summer or, or next spring, or uh, should I just wait and leaf out and see if it dies? Uh, is there anything that I should do to help but uh, maybe survive this? Uh, yeah, this the, the day to know whether or not it's going to survive or not is May the 1st. If it has not leafed out pretty strongly by May the 1st, it's toast, dig it up. 
make your plans to plant another one next uh, next fall. Fall's the best time to plant uh, trees, and so sometime in October, September, sometime in there is a good time to plant another tree. And uh, in a minute, I'm going to tell you how to how to protect that tree when and if you have to plant it. But for the one that's damaged now by the deer who rubbed to get the velvet off of their antlers, the best thing I think you can do is get a little razor knife and go out and take all the shreddings, all the bark that's been just sort of loosened and shredding and hanging off and peeled away, and very carefully with the razor knife excise that bark so it's all tight attached to the to the trunk of the tree, or any bark that's left is tightly attached to the trunk of the tree. Like you say, it's 180 degrees. That's a long way around a tree, but trees have been known to survive things worse than this, so keep your fingers crossed. And then next fall, if you have to plant a substitute, the thing to do is um, get, you know what rebar is, Dan? I know what rebar is. All right, get some rebar. Get some about eight-foot-long pieces of rebar and drive them two feet into the ground. You need four pieces and put them around the tree about 12 inches or so from the trunk. Just drive them into the ground. And uh, actually, you could do six feet, I guess, so you don't need to stick it all that high. But what you have to do with those uh, pieces of rebar is wrap some chicken wire, just a layer, one layer of chicken wire around it that goes up four feet off the ground. And the deer then can rub on the chicken wire and the rebar and rub that velvet that itches so badly on their antlers, rub that velvet off, and won't be able to rub against the trunk of the tree, which is what you want to avoid. So get a rebar barrier, I guess, outside the tree trunk, and that'll help you to protect the new one. May I ask one other Yeah, you got uh, 28 seconds. Go for it. All right. Hydrangeas. Right next to this tree, the deers have been eating my hydrangeas. Where do I stop them? What do I get them to stop that? <laughs> that is tough. All right. Getting deer to stop doing I'll give you two or three options. There are two at least or more gardeners who've told me that liquid fence is their prime go-to weapon against deer nibbling on hydrangeas and roses. Liquid fence. I'm sorry, liquid. Liquid, liquid fence. what? F-E-N-C-E. Fence. Liquid fence. Okay. And I see it at hardware, hardware stores more than I do at nurseries. So ask around, call around, and see who has liquid fence. Order it online if you want to. Um, so that's one option. Um, second option is there's a plant, there's a plant skid. Let me see if I can spell it correctly. It's P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-Y-D, plant skid. And it's used in Norway. That's why it has sort of a Norwegian name, plant skid. And that's another one you'll find at hardware stores, not probably at nurseries. And the third one is there's a pellet that puts uh, hot sauce into the system of the hydrangeas called Repel-X, R-E-P-E-L-L-E-X, Repel-X. And put some Repel-X tablets around your hydrangeas, absorbs the hot stuff into the leaves and makes a a deer not uh, care to nibble on that hydrangea anymore. So between the liquid fence, plant skid, and Repel-X, one or two or three of those ought to work against the deer. We'll see what it does or not. Good luck on that maple tree, though, Dan. i got to get out of here, but good luck on getting that tree to hopefully survive the deer damage. It's 718. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. And we'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 to 9 a.m. for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB. Now, more of O'Neill Williams. Well, I don't know about O'Neill Williams. Might be Walter Reeves in here somewhere, too. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. 
A little bit of chance of rain this afternoon, a much higher chance tomorrow. Highs today in the low to mid-60s, 65, perhaps 66 degrees overnight. Lows drop into the 50s and drop up. We can go back up to around 61 degrees tomorrow. Much more chance of rain tomorrow afternoon. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Chris is down in Griffin, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. Yes, sir. I've, I've got, uh, I had soil test done about four years ago. Uh, extension agent uh, sent it off. They came back and said, I need four ton per acre of lime. Wow. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I said. Wow. Uh, the I haven't managed to get the four ton per acre mm-hmm. um, simply because it's hard to do when you're doing it in bags. <laughs> but I've tried every type of grass seed known yeah. to Lowe's and Home Depot. Yeah. I can't get anything to grow. Any suggestions? Yeah. Uh, how much sunshine do you get? In the well, place? that's the other part. Um, it was uh, very wooded, and I'm slowly but surely thinning uh, the woods as I go. Yeah. So probably three to five hours of sunlight a day. Oh, man, Chris, you're looking down. You should be looking up. you got to yeah, have more sun than that. <laughs> if you don't have more sun, you can't grow grass. It's not the soil or the lime or anything else fault. It is the sunshine you have available that is causing your failure of grass to grow. I see. So less trees, more sun. You got it. And uh, if you want to just know for experience sake, the most shade-tolerant grass around is fescue. Uh, Not centipede, not Bermuda, not zoysia, fescue. And that's good because right now is not a terrible time to plant fescue seed, although it's not going to germinate all that rapidly in the cool soil but if you wanted to put some fescue down in a small area a couple thousand square feet you wouldn't risk much money and you don't have to necessarily lime if you don't want to but you just lime that area where you're going to plant the fescue around okay. uh, 40 pounds per thousand square feet is about right and that's just a couple of bags you know get your whole lawn limed up plant the fescue seed put some wheat straw over the top let it rain tomorrow and chris has got a lawn so quick Quick 30 second or 10 second. Uh, had a guy recommend emerald zoysia sod. Not as shade tolerant as fescue is, though. Not as shade tolerant. Nope. Okay. Very good. All right. There's Thank your you. answer. That's all you need. Go forth and be successful with that lawn, Chris. Thanks for calling. It's 727 and one half at News Talk WSB. Our number is 404 872 or hashtag AskWalter on Twitter. We'll be back after news. Make up your mind. in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 736 and 36.9 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape. All you have to do is ask the simple questions. What should you do? What could you plant? How should you take care of those holiday plants, the poinsettias and the Christmas cactus and the uh, African violets and all the things you've gotten? 
What should you do? And you can get that answered really quickly, 404-872-0750, or use Twitter, hashtag AskWalter. One of the ways you can contact me throughout the week is by going to my website, WalterReeves.com, and one of the deals, one of the things that I will do for you, because I love you, this week, because just the week before Hanukkah and Christmas start next week, is I will ship all the books that people order for their Christmas presents for that special gardener. If you want a book about month-by-month gardening in Georgia or Getting Started Guide to Georgia or the Georgia Fruit and Vegetable book, all three books that I've written, I have them for sale on my website, and I will use priority mail. I got those nice postage-paid, flat-rate envelopes that the books fit right into, so they'll get to you before before Christmas happens, which is always a good thing. So if you want to order one of my books, go to WalterReeves.com. Just scroll over to the right-hand side where it says Walter's Bookshelf. And check on that, and I will ship those books to you ASAP priority mail. Again, our phone number, 404-872-0750. I had a really interesting conversation. I've still been thinking about this conversation overnight and this morning. I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about eating fiddleheads. You know what a fiddlehead is? It is the, the frond on a fern. When you see a fern come out of the ground each year, the uh, way it unfurls, it has a little sort of curvy thing that looks like the top of a violin or any one of the many stringed instruments that you'd find in an orchestra, and that looks like a fiddle's head, and so they call a fern where it unfurls the fiddlehead. All right. And so the friend and I were talking about whether or not the fiddleheads of common ferns around Atlanta were edible. And so I had to look it up, had to find out was, you know, can I just go out and get my autumn fern that I have in front of my house or the Christmas ferns that are back behind my house or uh, lady ferns that I've grown all through the woods. Are they edible or not? And what I found out was it is interesting. There's only one fern, really and truly, that's mostly picked, harvested, canned, can be picked wild too. It's called the ostrich fern, and there are gardeners around Atlanta who grow ostrich fern. It grows nicely in wet areas and little water features and things like that. I know there's a bunch of them at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. And the ostrich fern fiddlehead, when it comes out of the ground, you just snap it off with your finger. You can, there's a little bit of brown, chaffy stuff around the base that you scrap off with your thumbnail. And those green fiddleheads of the ostrich fern can be sautéed, they can be boiled, you can do treat them like asparagus or green beans, stir-fry, something like that. And they're eminently edible, very edible. You can find them canned sometimes, specialty groceries. I used to see them in Maine when I was visiting Maine with friends up there. But these fiddleheads of the ostrich fern are edible. Autumn fern, no. Christmas fern, no. Holly fern, no. Japanese painted fern, no. Nothing but ostrich fern is considered edible. The rest, I don't know if they're exactly poisonous, but they're just not considered edible. So if you've ever had fiddleheads or thought about harvesting fiddleheads from the ferns in your landscape, don't do it unless you have ostrich fern, and they are edible. And the fiddleheads will come out sometime in, let's see, when it gets warm, probably around the 1st of April, last of March, 1st of April, when they're harvested best. They just come right out of the clump on the ground. Let's go to the phones. we got Brian in Edenton, Georgia, who joins us. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help, Brian? Hey, we just bought a new home and has a lot of trees really close to the house, and we were going to get rid of most of them and cut them off. But our rest of our yard is uh, centipede sod. and wanted to know if just having them ground and then putting the sod down after it's level would be permissible, or do we really need to have them dug up? 
Uh, maybe. <laughs> I give you some experience on the on the grinding up of stumps and the planting of things over the top. You need to rake as much of the chips, and there's going to be en- enormous piles of chips by every stump that's ground. So you have to rake, 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 do the best you can to remove all the chips. And you'll still say, man, the soil here is 50% chips and it's 50% dirt. I can't separate it anymore. What am I going to do? At that point, you rake it flat and put extra fertilizer in that spot. If uh, you want 10, 10, 10 is a, you know, easy to find fertilizer. And so I would put, calculated in my head, around 10 pounds per thousand square feet would be about right. So if you have a pretty big area, all these chips are in, just calculate how many thousand feet do I have? 10 pounds of 10, 10, 10 extra on top of the ground. Dig it in if you can, rake it in if you can, and then lay the sod on top of that. And what you'll do by, by what you'll accomplish by doing that, uh, Brian, is the chips that remain in the soil, they rob nitrogen out of anything planted for the next couple of years. And your centipede, if you don't put extra fertilizer there, will turn real yellow. It will not look happy because the fungi are better robbers of nitrogen than the roots of the new centipede side. And so you add extra fertilizer underneath the side. Then you can lay the sod over the top of it, and then you can fertilize that sod as appropriate. Usually you use uh, 15-0-15 or um, 24 4, 6, I believe, is available for centipede sod, something with a low middle number. But if you'll take that extra step of adding some 10-10-10 before you lay the sod, the sod itself is going to look a lot happier. And so I don't necessarily need to put any topsoil down before I do that. Not necessarily. The soil's going to be pretty loose anyway because that big machine going back and forth over the top of it. If it's all just red, red clay brine, yeah, it would be a good idea to put some topsoil in there and try to mix that in with the chips, but the extra fertilizer is still necessary. Okay, well, thank you so much. All right, nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Brian. Thanks. It's one of those things about just soil behavior is if you have a lot of things that are being decomposed in the soil, the bacteria and the fungi that are in the soil are using nitrogen to break down the chips, the roots, the compost, whatever you have there. And they'll rob it. Like I said, they'll take it away from any plant roots that are nearby. And it'll eventually be released again. After, after the chips are broken down, after the roots are broken down, after you know the things underneath the ground are broken down by the fungi and bacteria, they eventually will die, and then the nitrogen gets released back to the sod or the shrub or the tree or whatever is growing nearby. But it's that two-year period when the fresh chips are in the soil. That's the time you have to add a little extra fertilizer to make sure everything uh, has what it needs. Let's go to the phones again. Siglinda from Atlanta, GA. Join us on Lawn and Garden. Yes, Hi. good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Uh, very quickly, I have a friend who has a beautiful Christmas cactus. It's yeah. about as luscious as green as it can be, but it hasn't bloomed in years. She tells me it oh. never bloomed, but I don't know. I have never seen it in the last three or <laughs> four right. years. So. so what's the answer, Walter? Let me think. Um, how is it being kept during the summertime? Where is it being kept? It's. Uh, uh, I think it keeps it indoors. Okay. And in a sunny window or sort of what situation? It's like an eastern exposure, southeastern, something like that. But he transplants it a lot. Like I said, and he fertilizes it. It is about as green as it can be, and it's beautiful. Mine looks ugly, but it's blooming like crazy. (laughs) Maybe you need a swap. You give him yours, and and you take his and see what you can do with it. I think two things. Number one. 
Um, it seems to me that Christmas cactus blooms best when it's not moved from pot to pot over the years. I have one that's, oh man, it's been in that same pot for at least eight years. I know it's been there eight years. And the other thing is not fertilize it quite as much. That's another thing that triggers a lot of lush green growth is fertilizer, okay. but not necessarily make it bloom. So cut off the fertilizer, cut off the repotting. And if it's at all possible to move that plant outdoors during the summertime, he'll get much, much better chances of blooming in the wintertime when it's supposed to. Um, I keep mine underneath a, it's a sort of a flowering cherry in the backyard. And mm-hmm. I keep it there until temperatures at night are around 40, 45, I guess, degrees. And I bring it inside. And when I bring it inside, you can see the little buds are just starting. These are all Thanksgiving cacti. And so right. the little buds are just starting. And over the new next two or three weeks, the buds swell, swell, swell. And pretty soon by Thanksgiving Day, they're booming. They're blooming. They're looking pretty and all that. So that's what you can advise your friend is, number one, hopefully uh, he's listening. cut off the fertilizer. <laughs> number two, don't repot it. Number three, if you can possibly keep it outside during the summer, it'll respond a whole lot better to the changes in light. And that's what really triggers bloom. And so the changes in light outdoors, changes in temperature trigger as well. And that's uh, going to make, I think, success for the Christmas cactus. Oh, well, thank you very much and a happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, Siglinda. We'll see you soon. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 46 minutes past the hour. Cindy is in Young Harris and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Cindy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I'd like to plant my... I have a grandiflora magnolia in a pot. Yeah. I'd like to plant it in the yard. Can I do that today? You betcha. Today's a great day to do it. For listeners who are saying, what does she have? She has a southern magnolia, the regular green, evergreen magnolia. It's called Magnolia grandiflora because it has big flowers. So uh, today would be a fine day to do it, remembering that eventually it's going to get big. Don't plant it next to the house. Don't plant it where it's not going to be able to grow big and tall and wide and all that. So give it enough room. Alrighty. Not under the crisp, not under the telephone lines. Uh, no. <laughs> think of it. many, many places you don't want to put a grandiflora uh, magnolia. Then let me ask you: Do you know the variety? Where did you get this uh, tree, Cindy? I got it at Lewis Nursery okay. in uh, in um, Hayesville. So it's North probably Carolina. it's probably a named variety. Do you remember a name on no, it? No, okay. I don't. All right. Well, either way, dig a nice, wide, loosened hole to put it into. Uh, make sure you're in the right spot, of course. If it has a label, it may tell you what its maximum height, maximum width is. Take that into account. Um, not much more. Today is a great day to do it. Okay. I heard you telling someone to get it really wet and loosen the roots. Should I do that with this? That's a good idea. Man, that's a great idea, Cindy. You are listening well. <laughs> um, if it's in a pot, the likelihood is that the roots have circled around and around inside that pot. And yes, you bet. I take a water hose sometimes and just wash every bit of soil I can find away from the roots so I can see where they are and then untangle them, straighten them out, and put those into the hole so they're going in all the different directions of the compass. That will certainly make a big difference on how the tree grows. Okay, great. All right. Thank you. Happy holidays. You too. We'll see you soon, Cindy. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 748, we'll be back after this. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a slight chance of rain this afternoon, mostly overcast throughout the day, but temperatures mid-60s this afternoon, so you can get outside and get some breaking done, things like that. Tonight, the chances of rain increase. Tomorrow, 80 to 90% chance of rain most places, and the temperatures stay in the 60s. 61, 62, 63 sounds about right. Overnight, around 50. Your full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Eleanor is in Lilburn, and Eleanor joins us on Lawn and Garden this morning. Hey, Eleanor, good morning. Hey, Walter. First off, I want to tell you, I could probably kill a plastic plant. Oh, bless your heart. But I'm looking for something that's sweet-smelling to plant by my front door. D-A-P-H-N-E, Daphne. Okay. And there's about 50 or 60 or 100 people right now shaking their heads saying, that man is crazy. My Daphne's died. Eleanor, Daphne, I think, has an undeserved reputation for being a tough, finicky, can't-grow-it-here kind of plant. I have Daphne's that I've grown in my yard in three places that have been there easily 15 years. And one down the street that the guy and neighbor planted on my direction that's in the most horrible soil for a Daphne you've ever seen. It's been there for 10 years. Easy. So go find a Daphne. They'll have them on sale at Pike in the spring. Not right now, I don't think, because Christmas trees are all, all over Pike right now. But as soon as they get Daphne's in the spring... Go find one, plant it by the front door, and ooh, you'll smell that thing when it blooms in February. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do you think about Confederate jasmine? I think it's a great thing. Just have an arbor and be ready to prune it about twice every year. Oh, okay. Well, I've got this front yard that had the three-story high pine trees. Yeah. When they came through and made our subdivision, they cut out all the beautiful hardwoods and left us with all these scraggly, awful pines which means that the only thing I can plant is fescue, and it's only sporadic. So I've got a big pine island that's mostly my front yard, but it's very low light. So will the Daphne work okay? It'll work pretty well. I've got Daphne just blooming just fine in four hours maybe of direct sun during the day, and most of that is... After that, it's covered over with a sweet gum limb and some other stuff planted around it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think if you get four hours, you should be fine. Or just high shade from the pine trees during the day, that should be fine, too. Well, I had to end up putting my tomato plants in the front yard. Because nothing wrong with that. That can be real pretty out there. No sunshine in the backyard. One more thing. If you plant the Daphne, add a little handful of lime to the soil. They really like a little higher pH than other plants do. A little bit of lime might not be a bad idea at all for them. It's 757 at News Talk WSB. Our phone number 404-872-0750. Hashtag AskWalter at Twitter. We'll be back after news. I've never become my own foe. Life one can't suffering. 